Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am and how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey there, everybody. How you doing? Ed Larson here from The Brighter Side. And I want to tell you about this crazy event I got going on. It's called The Great Mugshot Roast, and it's all presented by Last Podcast Network. And it's going to be on the Last Podcast Network Twitch channel. The whole thing is a benefit for The Last Prisoner Project, which is a great organization that gets people out of jail on marijuana charges. Yeah, of course, it's a no-brainer. So let's raise some money and roast some mugshots of volunteers only. Uh, I can't wait for this. We'll see you guys on September 12th. Our cup runneth over this week. Oh, Riverdale, we asked and ye delivered. How many plot lines did they try to attack this week? All of them, I think. I really need to start taking notes. I know that you do take notes during Riverdale, and I think it's so important because there's 25 things to keep track of and who has the time and... You know, I just don't know if I keep thinking so much about the Archie stuff and what war is he fighting? And then I keep forgetting about how exciting the Coyote Ugly stuff is. And it's just like there is not enough room in my brain to hold this episode. It's just it really was abundance. I I, I don't even know where to start because there's just so much with this. So last week we went over some of the 100 million plot lines that Riverdale has opened up. Oh, also, luckily, none of it's fresh in our mind because last week was all a complete non-story about Hiram Lodge. So just everything that they had been building totally in it, it, you know, in two weeks ago time now. So we had to catch up. From this, from last week's just killing time. Yes, sorry, no, no, sorry. This is like, this is what d- drives me so crazy about oh, Riverdale. I can't quit you. I can't quit you. Because then there's the Hiram Lodge thing, and then this week where they just go after s- when they caught. The Lonely Highway Killer. I was like, is this really happening right now? There was no momentum to this episode. So it was just like, ah! like I felt like I got puked all over. 
in in like a like and then I'm like I'm horny now and I'm like I had no idea <laughs> and this is and so what I'm saying is that yes Riverdale really opened my eyes to a lot this week they did try to address a number of plot lines that we did discuss last week Archie's war and Archie's trauma again I'm just I don't know enough about war or what combat looks like oh but i have seen war movies jeffrey does okay my little historian that could was very upset because he stopped it and he's like can we just talk about the fact that archie is in trench warfare that's the thing i'm like i think he's in world war ii i'm like he's pretty sure this isn't how we fight i don't understand so it's like world war one but then also so it's like well you know the whole thing is you know, it's anachronistic because in the comics, uh-huh. they, this is pulling from the comic book series okay, that fair. he fought in World War One. Uh. I looked it up, MJ. He didn't fight in World War One. He fought in World War Two. And there's, I don't, if I, I, I am speaking out of turn, <laughs> maybe. No. I might be in trench warfare myself right now, but I don't know. If it was that, like, I thought that it was way more, you know what, as I'm looking into it, it was used in World War II. So maybe it was World War II. All right. So I thought it was more associated with World War One, though. I think think you're right. Let's just give him that. But all right. So I'm pretty sure I'm right. We we can establish Archie is in World War II. We know that based on if you've ever seen a World War II movie, this is what it looks like. Even again, if you're not a historian, it's obviously not. Uh, like he's not in like Afghanistan. I don't think there's no enemy named ever, which I appreciate because at first when he was like, I'm going to war and I was like, oh no. I Why hope this- direct unnecessary anger? You and, know, and, like we and, don't need it. We don't need it right now. Yeah, I was like, I don't trust Riverdale to have, et- to like, please don't be like, a, you know, think about any movie made from 2001 until now that is about war in the Middle East. They're all racist, right? And so I'm like, I don't want that. So at least it's not that. He really does seem to be in World War II. There's no visible enemy. Their enemy is never named. And I actually really appreciate that. It was just very funny to watch Jeff scream like, why couldn't they just put them in a forest? Why does it have to be so specifically trench warfare? Well, they're definitely making a point. You know, there's certainly, uh, they went there and it was very so uh, so all of Archie's story this week was about not only his trauma from being in war but also what we let's introduce another storyline <laughs> dog fighting ring in Riverdale I had no I was like and now you're putting a bunch of dog fighting bring in it here? in what are you talking about? So you did mention the fact that I take notes. And I feel like I shouldn't I should start reading my notes aloud because if you <laughs> think my emails are confusing, you should look at my Riverdale notes. But it's funny because MJ definitely gave me a little tip off of the text that they sent me last night that was like I had to watch this episode sober and it's the first time I've had to be sober watching Riverdale in a long time so what did I do I got fucking high I smoked a lot of weed and I was like all right I'm ready for you Riverdale and my I have four notes <laughs> I just wrote his name is Eric question mark that which guy, is yeah. his I had no idea what that guy's name was <laughs> I was like oh that guy the 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 veteran that 
all of a sudden lives with Uncle Daddy and Archie. That guy who got a whole episode. That guy. When we still haven't even seen Jughead in like three weeks. Give Eric an episode. What about the Mothmen, MJ? Where are the Mothmen? No. They put in all of this shit. And Why would we do that when we fighting get, to, ring? get to know Eric and the dog fighting ring? Just introduce <laughs> something new. A new plot line. Why? Why would you continue an old plot line when we can just spend some time with Eric? Because. We have admittedly met Eric before, but he's been a total non-guy, aside from the fact that he's a war veteran and an amputee. Yes. And I do think that it's kind of tasteless how they are uh, employing that as an emotional, you know, stakes tool. Also, Riverdale, you got in so much heat. Why didn't they hire someone who is at, who actually right. has no legs? Like, if you're going to do this, yeah. like, if you're going to go through this insane plot line, you should... At, like you should hire someone totally. that has gone through that, like that has gone through that trauma at least. At least, because now this guy is just like walking around. Like I'm sure that maybe he could have prosthetics, but we all know that he doesn't. <laughs> right, right. It, hiring a disabled actor would have been a great move. There was also this is a total sidebar, but one of the things I just really noticed was that there was like a real anti-VA sentiment in this episode. Very anti-VA. <laughs> and I was like, what is what's going on with this? Why are they trashing the VA? And I'm not saying that like healthcare isn't like and mental health care isn't so so Archie's trying to get mental health care for Eric because Eric's having these traumatic nightmares. And I know it's difficult. Believe me, I, I've heard nightmares about working with the VA. Yes. But there was not even one positive <laughs> about it just it, it the like VA. I think only because like the VA is often held up as like an example of like socialist government that doesn't work. I was like, what are the politics of the weird anti-VA sentiment happening here? Because uh, again, like if you're going to talk about like the bureaucratic healthcare system and how hard it is to get mental health care, sure, if that happens to be true for people in the VA, that totally might be true. But it just seemed like a weird point for Riverdale to drive home. Like River, why why is Riverdale being like the VA sucks? Like it just seems like a more political specific point that Riverdale has ever made compared to any other point they ever make, which is usually, usually they don't even, why didn't they change it to be like the DA? Like they don't even usually call real things, real things. So why is the VA real? And it sucks. Who in the writer's room has a bone to pick with the actual VA? I, but I, and then on top of all of this, so we're going into the trauma. So he lives with uncle, like, you know, um, Archie lives with Uncle Daddy right now, as well as Eric, and he's going through all of this trauma stuff, and so he's trying to get him into the VA, and so what does Uncle Daddy do because he doesn't know how to help them? He gets them a dog. Now, this dog has a lot of trauma as well, as they find out, because he was in a dog fighting ring, and so all of this anger towards the VA, everything that's happening, Archie takes out on the ringleader of the dogfighting, and I think that they brought up the dogfighting because there it is going to be in this episode, you mark my words, and never brought up ever again because he goes, and honestly, at the end of it, and I felt the same way, Jeff was like, he looked at me, he's like, I think that this is the first time I've ever even slightly agreed with some of Archie's <laughs> decisions. I was like, Honestly, when he and I know that I shouldn't, I never support violence ever. But when he put on those brass knuckles to beat the shit out of the guy that ran the dog fighting ring before he saved all the dogs, I got a little good. <laughs> I was like, do am I for the first time ever 
slightly attracted to Archie. I actually felt the same way at the end when the VA finally calls him back uh, and he's like, yeah, I'm trying to get help from my friend. And then he sees the ghost. Bingo um, was I'm his name I'm getting ahead of myself, but he basically Archie. Bingo was his name <laughs> Bingo was his name Archie told Uncle Daddy a story about this dog that had died in World War II with him, and <laughs> and they had to, him and Eric had to like lie in the trenches of World War II and listen to this dog and die. The dog die. And then and so like the Uncle Daddy's like, oh, Archie has all this trauma around this dog, and then Eric is talking to Uncle Daddy, and he's like, oh. That wasn't a dog. Bingo was a man. Bingo he was, was a, a man. He was a soldier. Archie's trauma has has morphed him into a dog in the in his memory. And so then Archie sees the ghost of dead Bingo, who he had to let die to save himself and Eric. And then he says on the phone, I think I need some help too. And I really was very moved by that. I almost burst into tears. <laughs> I almost I I like I actually almost cried Riverdale. And that's difficult. That, <laughs> like I know I cried everything, but never Riverdale. I never cry at Riverdale. And I gotta give big ups to, I'm sorry I'm talking about Jeff a lot this episode, but like he really, he nailed it this episode. Cause then he started going, MASH! MASH! <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And he brought up and I completely forgot. So I never really sat and watched MASH and I think that I should, but my parents loved MASH. And the, I think that it was the last, it's like one of the, in the either in the last season or the last episode of MASH. And spoiler alert for a television show that came out a very long time ago. <laughs> but Alan Alda is dealing with um, that he watched like they were like hiding in this bus and they all had to be quiet so that they weren't found out. And he always said that there this woman had a chicken on the bus. And then in the end, he realizes it wasn't a chicken she had to kill to be quiet. She had to kill her own child uh... or else all of them would have been found. Oh and God. so he had replaced it in his brain with the chicken. And then Jeff was like, did they really just mash? Are they referencing mash right now? And it's crazy because I haven't seen it in any of the re recaps. So I don't know if it was intentional, but that was like a big thing. Wow. In one of when a very big television show, so I don't know if they meant to. Must be though. But then we started talking about Mash and what a great <laughs> show Mash was, and I was like, maybe we should start watching Mash. But that's a whole other. I'm going down many other roads right now. Must that must be that must be the reference. I was also thinking about like Slaughterhouse Five, which right. is obviously a fantastic book about World War II trauma and like and like distorted memories like through trauma. But like that that's such a specific thing that must must be a Mash reference. This is one of the many reasons I wish I was like more literate and just like you know general like cultural references because i riverdale is constantly making references to it's like scream YA, YA drama because yes. every, you you watch it and if you know the things they're referencing you're like oh my god there's like five references to other movies or tv shows like per episode there's obviously the whole Chinatown thing. Uh, there was there's this the episode in particular gems. too. Yeah, right. and there's also like with this episode, it's like they were saving Private Ryan. Right. The you know I I, I you are completely right in the Slaughterhouse Five because I was like if they say everything was beautiful and nothing hurt, I'm gonna flip out. But then they um, did because I definitely was thinking I was worried. But then what do they do at the end? They sing Everything's All Right they from do. Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh my Superstar, God, you're right. They which do. Is which is, so that's kind of a Slaughterhouse Five reference. Weird. In, in a, oh in my a weird God. Way. Completely. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
But also, this episode is called Reservoir Dogs. So I was waiting for, I thought it was going to be, like, I'm waiting for the Tarantino drop. I'm, like, waiting for that. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, is it really just called Reservoir Dogs because there were dogs in the episode? Because that's also, like, of course, Riverdale. Of course, you're not going to try and, like, like bring in this very iconic movie that you named it after. Or maybe there were references to it that I just didn't pick up on. But yeah. I usually pay attention to the name of the episode to see how it fits in. And I didn't. Um, but And I didn't see it with that. But I definitely did see uh, the fact that. So let's just finish up with Archie's storyline. <laughs> he goes, he beats the shit out of this. Uh, dog fighting ring owner. They take all the dogs. They bring them to the... And I flipped out because Jeff was just like... He's like, of course, you're going to create an adoption agency inside of the gym slash criminal hideout slash fire <laughs> department slash orphan center for orphans that live under the boxing ring slash slash slash. So now they're going to adopt out all these dogs. But did you notice that the ring... um was fighting corgis. Yes, because I did. all of that is like that was one of my four notes. Does that mean he was fighting corgis? I know. I was like, why is I, there a corgi? Why? There? Why there could? Why is there a corgi? And again, there? talk about casting. I'm sorry. You should have cast some pit bulls. You know, because those are the dogs that are like really need help getting adopted. There's like a lot of like animal racism against pit bulls basically and like there is or bias against pit bulls i don't know how to talk about it it's like racialized but like to have a fucking purebred corgi in the dog fighting rescue i was like what is going on here oh that vicious corgi oh but can we talk about how adorable the dog was that uncle Ri uh, uncle richie i'm sorry <laughs> with sopranos um that <laughs> uncle daddy Uncle Daddy, oh, not Uncle Richie. Uncle Daddy, please, Jackie. <laughs> um, that Uncle Daddy got. I want that dog. I that know. dog was so adorable. That dog, was and really also sweet. It was so funny when the dog has trauma and he was the he was hiding in the middle of the night and they couldn't find him. And then he was like, and the Uncle Daddy goes, the door must have been ajar. <laughs> and I was like, who fucking says that? The door must have been ajar. Also, they were like, how did he get in there? Oh, it's part of your house. Like, what do you mean? How did he get in there? It's a closet. Like, have you like <laughs> what? Closet. What is the question? So many it's trauma. Yeah, like dogs hide. Um, yeah, yeah. When they're in, in new places too, and he's got to figure it all out. I, um, MJ, we've not even touched the rest of this episode. This is the thing. We, there's so I, much to talk I, about I with Archie, but it. there's a whole talk about references. There's a whole Coyote Ugly. Plot line, and that's a movie that I've never seen. Last night I was like, note to self, see Coyote Ugly. I, that was, that was. <laughs> I was upset. So, all right. Yeah. Long story short, shall we? Betty is now working with Tabitha, the woman that nobody knows that is the granddaughter <laughs> of Pops that runs the diner now, who was trying to fuck Jughead, but now Jughead's just MIA, was not discussed the entire episode. So he's off, you know. Jughead, honestly, I'm like, is Jughead okay? Is Jughead, is Jughead? like, is Cole Sprouse 
quarantining or something? Like, where is Jughead? Where why is he? Is he? Wh- why? Why haven't we seen where him? Where is he? Because he's, they even in, in this the episode, of all these plot lines. they did this kind of half-hearted integration. One thing I've noticed the la- in this season of Riverdale is that there has been very little integration of the four distinct plot lines. You might remember if you listened to Riverdale Roundup for a long time, part of the hard thing that's talking about Riverdale is that there's the usually each of the four main characters has a plot and usually they all interweave. So it's like, oh, and then Betty's trying to do this, but then Jughead, but Lately, it's just like, this is Archie's plotline. Has Separate. fuck all to do with anyone else. This is Betty's plotline. Has fuck all to do with anything else. They tried to integrate Cheryl's plotline today, there this week, with uh, Betty's plotline only in the sense that as Cheryl was trying to convert Kevin to her church, she was like, you'll... Like helping people in your time, helping people is the only way to like save yourself. And so I'm helping Betty catch a serial killer. So that was like kind of integration, but there was just no. So they kind of tried to bring everybody together. Everyone was in this scene except for Archie. But like, where's Jughead? Where is Jughead? Can I also just say that I don't enjoy the fact that like the queer characters are always the ones that are like, flip floppy into like new thing oh now she's in a call like it's like the beginning of last episode Cheryl was like mommy I don't understand I'm fucking an art thief something they had like a whole art plot line and now it's just like now all right mommy I am going to be a part of your church what was it the queen it's like Oh, what was that? What did it call itself? It's like the Queen of the Blessed Maple or something. <laughs> something like that. It's just such a it and then Kevin's like, it's not really for me, but I will come and sing on your stage. And I don't like that it's just caught like Cheryl's supposed to be a badass. Right. In the beginning of the episode, she comes out and she has the red, like the uh the cape on that she wears when she's about to go do her archery killing in the forest. And I was like, fuck yeah, badass Cheryl coming back. No, she was just in the woods, found Kevin out there who was cruising in the woods again. Not his fault. He, you know, he's a gay man in Riverdale and that is just what he does. Yeah, let Kevin cruise. Thy name is Kevin of Finland, by the way. I know, I was mad about that too. I was like, I used to love Kevin's cruising plot lines. Like, let the guy, I mean, again, if it's like, okay, this plot, so Kevin's plot line is like, he's sad because he misses fangs. okay. He kind of self-sabotaged there. Kevin has like a lot of internalized self-hatred. Like these are like fine themes to explore, but also, right. I feel like it was a little bit like slut shaming of Kevin being like, stop cruising. Like, right? Dude. It was like, very shaming guy, of Kevin. Yeah. He's like a single guy getting over a breakup. Like let the guy cruise. Let him cruise. And also, MJ, I don't know if you remember, but one time his mother called him fat. <laughs> and that's, he has to cruise. It's the only way to bomb out the burn from his mother from years ago. Right. I forgot How dare about that. You? That that is the source of like all of his trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he had to That's shop it. in the husky in section. Yeah. Yeah. And me too. That's why I was out there. <laughs> I was I was out in the forest <laughs> slinging all the cock I could find. <laughs> no. Now he's upset. Now he doesn't think that he's good enough. He's like, I'm I'm just a teacher. I have nothing. I I mean, technically he has a kid somewhere. I know. Of that, course we're not talking about it. That but. really that I mean, right. Part of me was like, okay, Kevin, like, yeah, you were like the ambitious high school theater director. Weirdly, there was was a completely student run theater program in high school and you did direct all the shows. So I understand that you feel like a little bit like let down about where you've ended up. That's relatable. That's common. 
Um, but I was also like, I feel like they are just, I feel like Riverdale is underestimating our memories slash intelligence to be like, oh, Fangs is covering for Tony. Like, where is the baby? Is Fangs still that raising that baby? Like, like, is Tony ever going to come back? I don't know. Fangs is busy banging moose? Ba- yeah, F- Fangs is banging moose, who are two Kevin's two exes. Uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, if I don't remember, moose was sent away right. a while ago. And now he's back. He has long hair and a beard. And he, yes, he is fang- he's banging Fangs because, you know, they're like, oh, we should probably bring back some of those other. <laughs> oh, didn't we have other queer Paul? I was like, yeah, no, bring him back. Bring that guy back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they do the same thing with the criminals where it's like, I don't know why the two are synonymous in the writer's brains for some reason. And I, I it's like, all right, all right, pr- please, yeah. Bring in another character. So Moose is now on the scene, and Moose and Fangs are being, don't get me wrong, I want to watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it happen all day. But we don't even get a kiss. No, that's the, yeah, I, I feel like Riverdale has been, in general, better about that than, like, the, you know, the kind of, like, modern family syndrome, where it's like you have gay characters, but you don't ever let them be sexual. Like, like I feel like Riverdale generally doesn't do that, but this episode really did feel that way. It was it like did. all the gay characters are just kind of sad and platonic, you know? What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024. Cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Disney Plus and Hulu are better together in the Disney Bundle with new movies and series. On Disney Plus, experience the full Taylor Swift The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with new main show performances and acoustic collection. On Hulu, follow the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone in the award-winning film Poor Things. All of these and more streaming this month. Get the Disney Bundle with Disney Plus and Hulu. Terms apply. See DisneyBundle.com for details. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, and then on top of that, you have the turning the white worm into Coyote Ugly and... I, I, I have to say, these are very attractive people. And that was just not se- like there was no sexual energy to their dancing yeah. at all. And I was like, ladies, 
If you want to seduce a serial killer, and that is the ruse, by the way, because of Betty and Tabitha decide, because also, let's just back up real quick. <laughs> Betty, in the beginning of the episode, remember, Betty is trying to find the trash bag killer slash Polly. Right. Slash Mothman, maybe? Who knows what happens on the Lonely but Highway? Trash bag killer, not to be confused with Lonely Highway killer. You're right. Two very different people. And I think that I think that this is a misdirect. I'm throwing this out there right now. Um so she decides now Tabitha knows everything yeah. about everything. And she's got a walkie-talkie. Best They're buzz. besties. Yeah. Please start kissing. If there's not more kissing, I'm going to flip out. At least start kissing. I'm waiting for it. I need something to sup on while we're trying to get through all of these plot lines. So she doesn't want Betty to go out alone. But of course, what does Betty do? Betty goes out alone. And um, pretending to be a trucker, which, number one, don't you need a special license to be uh, to drive trucks, but she pretends to be a trucker. She follows another truck, pulls off the side of the road, gets out and was like, I am a trucker. Would you <laughs> like to have maybe sex with me? And the guy goes, yeah, I'm taking a piss. Why don't we go fuck in the cab? And turns out it was an FBI sting. And she goes, I'm FBI. No, you're not FBI. I'm FBI. And then remember, and then Glenn, Glenn comes out, who Glenn is back. FBI. Thank God. We had been yeah. asking about Glenn. Where is Glenn? And I forgot that she had stabbed him in the Pincushion Man. Is oh, that yeah. what that episode was yep. called? Yes, Pincushion Man. She faux stabbed him. So she had already faux stabbed him, and she did make the comment of, I wish I had stabbed you harder. And uh, because now even though he is a part of the FBI, he is now working in a big detail in the small town of Riverdale trying to figure out the lonely highway. And so he was about to arrest her for solicitation because that's his way of cleaning up the lonely highway, which is not what the answer is. What about all of the people being murdered? So that was a dead end. So now Tabitha's like, well, I bet you're not going out alone. What if we bring the serial killer here? How are they going to do that? Turn the white worm, which is, yes, the serpent bar that is attached to Pops now. I love it. Really condense that set. Yeah. You know, now it's all just like, why are we even pretending? It's all just in one place anyway. Yeah. We all know it's in one place. And I'm fine with it. Why well, have multiple locations in Riverdale? Well, it's, it's it used it's the space that used to be the Le Bon Nuit, right? Yes. It's yeah. the space that used to be Le Bon Nuit. But like, I think, I think in um, like shooting terms, it also was always the white worm anyway. Right. Um, they just put different, you know, beer bottles on the <laughs> wall. It's not mocktails anymore. And so they decide, Tabitha and Betty and Cheryl and Veronica. Uh, is that it? Is that all of Tabitha, the, the Betty, sexy Cheryl, ladies? Veronica. I think that is all of the sexy ladies. And yes. They dance while singing Nothing But a Good Time. And it's just the flattest, least sexy thing I think I've ever seen. It was, it was so flat that I'm I actually sorry, wondered. Ladies, you're like... so beautiful. <laughs> I wondered, like, is Lily Reinhardt like uncomfortable with this? Like, it seemed like I don't. I mean, I and I have no idea. She's a great actress. She seemed like down, but I was just like, it seems like their hearts just not in it. Like, no. I don't know what's happening with this scene, but it seemed like they were really phoning it in. All I could think of, I was like, 
do the actors hate the singing scenes? Are they at a point where they're like, can you stop <laughs> writing the singing scenes? Because everybody hates it. I love and it. I don't necessarily hate it. I do always go, oh, God, before every singing scene. But I do love how awful it is. I always want more singing And not scenes. because they're great performers. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not trying to disparage the, honestly, the singing. The singing is like, they're not Broadway singers. They have delightful little voices. <laughs> it's very, I feel like they're just... I, I I hope that they're not miserable doing it. But again, at the same time, they get paid a lot of money. So I guess misery really doesn't matter to the writers or to anyone else. But um, and I feel like they don't want to do it. What was weird about this was right. It was the whole thing was like it's coyote ugly. But it was they were also trying to be like Riverdale, like scandalous, not scandalous. It was like they were even when they were describing it, they were like, we're going to lure the trucker in with hot, with beautiful, sexy women who are fully clothed. Yes. And it's just like a weird kind of like puritanical note. Like, what do you like? What? Why are you being like, oh, well, they're going to basically they're going to be dancers, but they're not going to be strippers. Like it felt like even at the same time as Betty being like, oh, it's fucked up. Betty correctly being like, well, it's fucked up that like. Glenn is trying to like clean up the lonely highway by like arresting sex workers. Like, yeah, that's right, Betty. Like, fuck that guy. Like, but then so it's like they're trying to like walk this line of having like a pro sex work message, but then also being like, we're gonna do Coyote ugly, but we're gonna do it in like a dignified way. You know, it just felt like a I think yeah, that's why it's it if felt it's flat. not dignified to strip. Like it's like Right, what? right, right. That's not what are you guys talking about? Right. Like what who's writing like I feel like it's a war between the writers of what they want to get across. We're like just that's it's very weird and then you just have a, a half circle because now at this point like y'all are all adults yeah so you can be as sexy as properly. you want to be yeah right yeah in fact i think that they're even less openly sexual now than they were as teens and i guess that like isn't that what we all go through but i don't <laughs> think that it's like is it just because it was more scandalous as a from a writing standpoint before yeah that's, and now it's not right yeah, it does. It does actually feel more buttoned up now that they're all like actually 25. Yeah. So and it's like, I want more fucking. Yeah, we're going to do this. Like, I mean, I'm just staring at my watch waiting for Veronica and Reggie to start banging on top of a bunch of gems inside of Posh oh, God, and Pearls. We didn't even... But we still got to wrap up this insane <laughs> storyline. Talked about real Reggie quick. and Veronica. <laughs> Their montages, which were plentiful this episode i was like okay we get it we get it they're they're making a bunch of money getting sponsors for their gem store it's true you really only need one stock calls montage there's like, like three of them I, i'm trying to get you to invest and there was three of them and it did i was like these these montages aren't changing it's no. just like scene after scene after the scene same of thing. veronica and reggie being like we're good at getting people to invest with us like okay this is boring we get it it's so boring it's like at least be like finger blasting her while you're doing it <laughs> then you have my attention then i'm like i'm on board <laughs> but if it's just you like making eye contact with each other when you get the deal like yeah i don't give a shit not especially not when so what happens is we watch them sing nothing but a good time was they're up on the coyote, they're doing their coyote ugly thing. Ugh, they don't catch any serial killers until afterwards when Betty's walking to her car dejected. Did a truck driver pull up and he wants that. He wants nothing but a good time, but she sees blood on the handle, which if you're a killer and you've gotten away with that many 
murders, you don't usually leave blood on the handle of your own truck, right? <laughs> While you're pulling up to try to do more more murdering. To do more murdering. So she goes with him. And of course she, she does. Tabitha, like, follow me, probably with a serial killer. Even though there's a rule that night, don't go off with any truckers. And what does Betty do? There's, if there's trucker. one thing Betty does, it's go rogue. That's what she always does. But if you're going to go rogue, girl, like the FBI just took back your gun after months of not being in the FBI. So you have nothing to protect yeah. yourself with. You have to protect yourself with something. So she goes out with this truck driver who turns out is a murderer. And I was like, technically, at the point that she started really kicking his ass, I was like, technically, he hadn't done anything yet. She just <laughs> saw the blood and I was like, I really hope that this is a murderer or not. Like, I don't know what else he was going to do. He brings out a knife and then he goes around, which very impressive. He comes out with a chainsaw. Yes. This was a great scene. I love I immediately was like, God damn it, Riverdale. Oh, Riverdale, you got me by the fucking balls, Riverdale. Yeah. And so he follows her. He goes after her with the chainsaw. And then she like... Kicks him away. And two seconds later, he had climbed on top of the semi with a chainsaw in his hand and starts going through the top of the cab. I was like, yeah, get her. <laughs> and so they got um, they got him. She gets Tabitha a wrench up. and then she takes him out with a My wrench, God, which that was, was also so extremely funny. satisfying. That was so funny because he's coming at her with a fucking chainsaw. So she he throws a wrench at him, hits him dead on. He passes out. I was like, how did you, that's very impressive. Yeah. And also this was after they had a good like classic horror movie thing where she like knocked him out first with just by kicking him and then she turned her back to call Tabitha and of course you're like don't turn your back never Betty. turn your back when you, when you turn back he's gone and then he's back with a chainsaw and then she takes him out with the wrench and then Tabitha comes and these two women who you know might be very strong but are probably both like 120 pounds or less yeah, are like so all right wet. we'll just take this guy to our she, Betty goes, I know a place where we can take him. It's obviously going to be the the hole where they take everybody to keep them captive. The fuck slash, yeah, prison bunker, yeah. Yes, the bunker. Um, And they're going to, again, Betty, incapable of going by the book. You got to appreciate it. She's like, we're going to question him and we're going to find out where Polly is and then we'll turn him over to the FBI. I just love how laws work in Riverdale. It's just like, yeah, just kidnap somebody, torture them, and then we'll do our due diligence, give them over to law enforcement, everything will be totally fine. Well, now there's a whole sentiment that, like, I think Betty just really thinks all truck drivers are evil. <laughs> and if we're going to go on to, like, the what the writers of this show think, where it's like, you know that, like, a lot of truckers are just um, very hardworking people that should be paid more money for how hard that they work, yeah, right? Yeah, it is a you little bit. You are aware of that, <laughs> It is a little right? bit anti- worker yeah because like especially when they were which also you gotta even though you guys have fake fbi jackets on you going into people's trucks to check them out while they're in a bar is very illegal to do yes don't go looking around in other people's cars um and does and like you're right the laws in riverdale <laughs> what about a permit yeah what, or like with a so a warrant oh, like yeah. a search warrant you need a fucking search warrant no to warrants go in riverdale. and use any of it there has i don't think there's ever been a warrant in the history of riverdale no of course not and you know 
Hiram Lodge was used very sparingly in this, which I guess. So, all right. I don't think that that was. Do you, I don't think it was TBK or the Lonely Highway Killer. You don't? Or, I mean, it could. I, I just feel like it was just so easy. It was so easy, but it was. They never make anything easy. But it was Riverdale easy because at first they thought they had him, but it was just a guy who had dropped off a bunch of meat, you know? So I feel like that was our, oh, that's too easy. And then this guy is our, no, that's actually, I think it's going to be the Lonely Highway Killer. I don't think the TBK is coming back, honestly. I don't think Trash Bag Killer. I think that is a plot line that we can, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'll eat my hat if I'm wrong. I don't think we're going to be hearing about the trash bag killer again. You're Maybe right. at the end of the season, they'll do like, a, oh, they found him. You're right. I do also wonder if it's then, because remember when Polly went missing? Right. And that um, the phone booth was like smashed and covered in blood. Uh-huh. So I wonder if the the juking here is going to be, yes, he is the lonely highway killer, but he didn't take Polly. It's the Mothman. The Mothman took Polly. Polly. I think that's right. Yeah. Because that way they... If they ever go back to the Mothman, that is also, who knows? But we had discussed that at the time. Like, maybe this was an alien abduction of Betty. So... Yes. Polly, I mean. So, yeah. I think that that's... You're right. There's obviously got to be a misdirect. They didn't just so easily get him in that they're going to find Polly. But I think you're right. I think he is a serial killer of women, but not the serial killer of Polly. Yes. And um, hopefully a serial killer does not come to Pearls and Posh. <laughs> so Posh, remember, Veronica Lodge goes by, uh, what's her, fr- is it Veronica Posh? I know that she, or Posh is the last name of her alter ego that wears a blonde wig. <laughs> I forgot about that, honestly. I was like, where'd she get Pearls and Posh? That's neither of their last names. But that now I remember because Ver- I, Veronica Posh, I think, is um, her alter ego. And so now Reggie and Veronica are working together again. Remember, Uncut Gems. She's got this gem store now, but she's got to get not even buyers. She has to get investors. She's doing. For she the wants store? to be. Yeah, she wants to be. I don't even think it's for her store. She's like not making enough money at her diamond store, so she wants to go back to being an investor on Wall Street. And and Reggie's like, "Don't you need to be in New York City to do that?" And she's like, "No, you just do it on your phone." And which is true, I've heard. I don't understand how the stock market works. Not if she's the she wolf of Wall Street. They said she wolf of Wall Street about seven times this episode. <laughs> so she's trying to get, again, I don't know what they're investing in, but I think that you can just be, I wish I knew how I this all worked more. I think it. you can just be, I think what, 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 you know, hedge funds do and what they, they are the people that are like, this is the thing you should, I'm the person who just tells you what to buy. It's not that I own that thing. I just tell you, pay me a commission. I tell you what to invest in. And then when it pays off, I get to, I get a commission of what you get or whatever. So I think that it's unrelated to the diamonds, I think. And she's like, oh, I need to make more money because I need to like, pay off all this debt that my shitty husband racked up. And then Reggie's like, well, I work at a, at a used car dealership, so I'm really good at closing a deal. And so immediately they become very, very, very good, an investment firm. And they target Hiram's investors, I, I which just... w- that was a fun scene. It was, it became this like real high stakes, like will that like back and forth. Ooh, like Hiram's on the phone trying to keep his investor. Veronica's on the phone trying to take it. But also you guys, Hiram's going to know it's you. Like you're really just kicking the hornet's nest here. I just, it's just it, the second that she's like, yeah, we're going to take the money from daddy. It was like, I hate 
that. Also, Hiram just did something super loyal for Reggie, and Reggie's now just completely stabbing him in the back, which is like, you know, more power to Reggie, but like, didn't we just spend an entire episode on like relationship building between Hiram and Reggie and like a father-son bond there? I guess. So it's like, yeah, don't work for him anymore, but why are you going to try and take all, like flip his investors, which I don't know if that's how investing works. Again, I don't know much about it, (laughs) but if you invest a bunch of money into something that is not happening how do you take out your money and then say now i'm gonna give my money over here i i don't think that that's how it works but again i've never been rich i don't know how any of this stuff works yeah and i think that that's what the riders of riverdale are counting, counting on, on is that anyone that is not doing watching the stocks riverdale closely doesn't know anything about <laughs> stocks and they would be correct i know nothing about it and also though i do want to say as i was reading this recap real quick it's that Veronica needed money because Chad had gotten her into a bunch of debt. Right. Remember? Because he'd like took out a bunch of money That's in her right. name. Something, yeah. something, money, money, money. Um, And she owes a bunch of money. So she needs to get the money. Yeah. So she wants to invest the money to make fast money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it also makes so her feel that's good. that's them wheeling and dealing. That's her, yeah, like, place of power. Yeah, is having money, and she, you know, it only took three montages <laughs> to let us know that she and Reggie are getting money. They're good at it. In case you were wondering if they were good at it or not. They are. They're very good at it. So that frustrated me. I don't like this. I don't like the Uncut Gems plotline, but I very rarely do like Veronica's plotline. So I guess that's just yeah. par for yeah. the river. I think that course, my favorite plotlines you know? was Betty's. You know, I have really done a... Loved it. I've really grown to find Lily Reinhardt to be extremely attractive. Yes. And I appreciate her, you know... Uh, complete disregard for law enforcement and going rogue in every single way. Loved it. And I liked, I did like her dancing on the bar, even though I think it could have been sexier. So that's where my vote goes for this episode. I think that that's great. You know what? Cheryl looking great as always. Always, always looks great. Very disappointed though with what's <laughs> happening. I, I mean, I love... I love, don't get me wrong, I love a religion that is, the, all the religion is about maple syrup. I think that that is delightful. <laughs> Something's going on with Penelope, though. You saw Penelope, like, give her, like, a really weird look when she invited Kevin up to sing yeah. the hymn of Jesus Christ, song from Jesus Christ Superstar, and then Penelope was just, like, drinking wine out of the chalice. Yeah, she Like, the like communion that. chalice. Like, so I'm like, okay, so... That, I think, is foreshadowing, if this is a thread that they will continue on, that Penelope is, like... Not really a true believer. I think Cheryl is, but Penelope's not. But then is Penelope going to join up with Hiram Lodge when Hiram Lodge comes to get the palladium from underneath the maple fields? Uh, There's always that. (laughs) We made it 43 minutes before mentioning palladium (laughs) today, though. Even though last week was all palladium, it was 100% palladium, but this week, well, you know, it's still there. It's still there, but I'm glad that this was less palladium heavy. Uh, I, I, me too, but <laughs> I, something tells me we're not going to get this reprieve for too long. Yeah, we're not yeah, going to I, I don't yet. even know how many more episodes there are. <laughs> I, I I have no idea. I I know that I think again. I think that the next season begins in the middle of November. So who knows what they're gonna do? Uh, I don't even think Riverdale. No, I don't think the CW knows what they're gonna do. And I'm very excited to have more. Are we ever gonna see Bingo the dog ever again? I don't know. Now that he's named after a dead soldier, 
I hope we do because it's a very cute dog. Yeah. Yeah, and uh and a slightly moving plotline. Yeah, I mean, I I Manny beat the I, shit I feel out like of that guy. Life right now <laughs> life right now feels like a kind of a free fall and I love that Riverdale also just feels like kind of a free fall. It's just like we're just living minute to minute, man. Just getting through it. Just seeing what's going to happen and I am on board with it. Also, I do like that someone uh, wrote in one of these recaps, uh, the two songs felt out of place in Riverdale. Though, if there had to be music, why didn't they use an iconic song from Coyote Ugly? So you haven't seen Coyote Ugly, but it's like, yes, like Can't Fight the Moodlight or One Way or Another. There's so many, there's so, like bigger songs, <laughs> big songs in Coyote Ugly. I don't know why they chose that song. Maybe it's because they knew that they could sing it lacklusterly. And get away with it because it is a fun song. Yeah. Yeah. And why did they choose a song from Jesus Christ Superstar at the end? Just because they're all musical theater kids, I guess. I I, I guess. (laughs) I do guess that. Um, It is. I don't know. I hope that they have uh, feedback. I hope that the (laughs) actors get something of like, what if it's okay? All right. I like what you're doing. Like, I hope they get some kind of input, but I don't think that we'll ever know. We will never know. We live we in the shadows of Riverdale. <laughs> and you know what? In the shadows is where I like to belong. Thank you for joining us on this week's Riverdale Roundup. I don't, um, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just living minute to minute. I will say what I do know is that Josie shows up in the next episode. Ooh, fun! So Josie's going to come back. And I, uh, what I do know is I think we're going to see two young women doing some torture on guys. <laughs> so I think that those are two, unless, or they don't touch her on the plotline at all. It's a fun, it, it's always a fun Russian roulette. Will they, will on they? Riverdale. <laughs> Riverdale roulette. Mao, mao, mao. Who's gonna die? Oh, when are they gonna do more Deer Hunter references? <laughs> I bet that'll be coming soon. Um, like, oh, that's a different war. I don't know what <laughs> war they're fighting anyway. Um, we love you guys. No kissing in this episode, but hopefully they'll be kissing in the next episode. Although, real quick, did want to say, uh, um, having Alice just for a second yes, made please. me realize how much I miss the parents. Yes. I miss the parents I miss so the parents much. I miss so how much. sexy all the daddies were yes. and how sexy all the mommies were. I miss Cheryl, Sheriff Keller. Yeah. I miss Skeet. I miss so I miss them. I miss, I miss Skeet them. A lot. Yeah. I miss Alice and Skeet I don't the care most. about the teens as much. Yeah. Agree. Agree. It's hard to admit. It's scary to admit. Uh, but not scary to admit how much I love you guys. <laughs> and we will be back next week. Bye! This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org lost. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.